Alrighty, thanks for coming today, and yes, we've got lots of people to pray for, and all of us have been praying for the Schaefer and Pollock family, and thank the Lord for the reality of what we're talking about today, that uh, there's a way that Jesus made it so we can go to heaven, and that I'll be talking about that in the morning service also, so thank the Lord for that. Well, our verses we're going to look at today is Acts chapter 2. If you want to open your Bible to Acts chapter 2 or look at the notes, they're all, up, they're all up here. Thank you for coming to the class and uh, thank the Lord for those who've been participating and signed up to go out to soul winning. We had great soul winning this week. Pastor Tim and I both were able to lead somebody to the Lord Thursday night and uh, led somebody to the Lord Wednesday night and last night the ladies who went with me. And Mary and Charlotte, we led two people to the Lord last night, so I, I'm getting to practice what I preach. So, <laughs> so I know that the uh, I know the sinners are going to be in trouble because I write these lessons and I go out and talk to them about them. So, <laughs> okay, thanks, Charlotte, for coming today. Charlotte, I had a question last night. I said, you've got to come to Sunday school to get the answer. It worked. <laughs> All right. Okay, today's lesson uh, is the Apostle Peter's... Did you get... No, there you go. All right. Something told me to get one of those back there. It's Apostle Peter's Pentecost sermon. And there's so much that we can glean from that. But a great, uh, a great way to instruct us how to win souls to the Lord. So today's lesson is the street-wide wise method. The street-wise method. And uh, Peter taught us some things to use to talk to people that uh, aren't necessarily church-going people, aren't necessarily people that are open to the gospel, just street-wise, and those of us who go out on the streets, we know what that means. We talk to all kinds of different people. This week I've talked to Muslims and talked to church members and talked to people who don't want anything to do with church. And so uh, Peter gave us some great principles here that, that I use. I even got to use them yesterday. So trust that this will be a blessing to us how to use Peter's example. And if you've noticed so far, and it will be the same way for all eight lessons, every lesson that we're teaching, uh, someone got saved because of the principles that we're teaching. And lesson number one, a city trusted Jesus as Savior because of the Samaritan woman's witnessing to them. She gave her testimony, and a city got saved. That's, that's pretty good. So give our testimony I talked about. Lesson number two was uh, more tips from the master. Jesus told Nicodemus he must be born again, and Nicodemus <coughs> got saved. So how do you know that, Pastor Mike? Well, if you're taking notes, want to write down John 19, verse number 39. Je Nicodemus was there to help bury Jesus, and he uh, was a silent disciple who came by night, but he came and helped bury Jesus, so... Uh, in my mind, he accepted Jesus as his Savior. And then today's lesson, we'll see that after uh, the Apostle Peter's sermon, 
3,000 people trusted Christ as their Savior. So these uh, biblical uh, principles that the Lord put in the Bible by the Holy Spirit to give us examples how to witness, how to win people to Christ, they work. They worked in the Bible, and they, and they still work. So thank you, Lord, for these great principles. And uh, by uh, streetwise, uh, I use this, I'll use this principles, maybe share a little bit how I do that today, but I use these when I'm out on the street talking to people. I'll use these ex great examples that Peter gave here. Uh, witnessing to somebody walking down the street, witnessing to people partying on the street, witnessing to people drinking on the street, smoking dope on the street, uh, Muslims walking down the street. Uh, use these principles in our park ministry. Those of you who are going to participate with us in Muslim Week, uh, and I always like to get so winning in our mind before Muslim Week, and uh, uh, Mission Week, excuse me, on the first night is Muslim night. We'll be out talking to, to Muslims. And then one of those nights we'll be preaching in the park like we did last year. So we can use these principles preaching on the park, preaching on the street. Uh, you know, thank God for street preachers. That's usually uh, the, <coughs> the, the uh, people who are considered obnoxious by churches as <laughs> street preachers. And some of them can be. But I know sincere street preachers who go out on the street <coughs> and preach the gospel. And uh, I was witnessing to a, a lady in a little rough part of Lodi the other day, and I was talking to her and sharing the gospel. And somebody came by, tapped me on the shoulder, and said, Good job, brother, and walked away. It was like God sent an angel to... to, to to encourage me, yes, and I don't know what happened to him, but that was one of those angel moments where uh, somebody just came out, tapped me on the shoulder, and said, "Good job." So uh, we'll be doing that jail ministry. In jail ministry. I've got to use these principles in so many other ways. So number one, uh, Peter again with the with the simple but most profound truth. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Acts 2, 21. And in, in homiletics, we would call this a proposition or an intention getter. When Pastor Tim preaches, he'll do something to get our attention. When I preach this morning, I'll hopefully say something to get, get attention. So... Well, Peter is doing the same thing. He began his sermon. He's going to lay it on him. But he began by the simple truth that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what a great, what a great opener. What a great thing to tell someone. Whosoever, the Bible says. We'll see the application of that in just a moment. But this is why we reject hyper-Calvinism. Because the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, God gives everybody an opportunity to be saved. And if anybody calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved, the Bible says. And we know that uh, there's another lesson to this, but we know there's a line that people cross over where they won't call upon the name of the Lord. It's not that they won't get saved. They won't call upon the name of the Lord. And I've met people that way this, this week, I believe. Uh, they, they just 
let sin so much rule their life. They've let bitterness so much rule their life. They've let pride and religion so much rule their life. They won't call upon the name of the Lord. Last week, if you were here last week, I told you about the Catholic priest I witnessed to in L.A. He said he would never pray the sinner's prayer. So I don't know exactly what all he meant by that. But uh, there's, a, there's a line that someone can actually cross. It's the unpardonable sin. It's when somebody just says, I'm never going to call upon the name of the Lord. So I'm glad that uh, God saved me before I got to that place. I was on the way there, by the way. And many of us in this room perhaps were on the way there. But God had mercy on us, sent some Bible thumper after us. Somebody prayed for us, and we heard the gospel, and we got, and we got saved. So, uh, then second bullet, we could actually say that Peter began with the sinner's prayer. He began with the sinner's prayer. Romans 10, 13, that great scripture that every soul winner uses. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so those of you who've been so winning with me or been in my classes and have the, seen the, have the question track, and one day we'll make sure that everybody get, be able to, to get one of those. But many times I'll begin with the sinner's prayer. And especially if I'm talking to Cat, a little Catholic lady to the Lord last night, and I began with the sinner's prayer. Have you ever prayed the sinner's prayer? Then I show them the sinner's prayer, and then I go back and tell them why they can say the sinner's prayer. Uh, sort of like Peter did. Go back and tell them that they're a sinner. God can't let sin into heaven. Jesus gave his blood to wash our sins away. If we confess that Jesus is the Lord who died and rose from the grave, we can ask God to save us. And uh, then I go back and say, now would you pray this prayer and mean it and ask Jesus in your heart. So that's exactly where Peter gave him. So a great principle. He told these Jews that had gathered on the day of Pentecost, that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He opened that up, and then he, he, he preached the gospel so clearly. Okay, the next bill, Peter's quoting an Old Testament prophecy and promise from the book of Joel. And we don't have time to go into that, but those of us familiar with our Bible, we know that Peter's quoting Joel. He even said that. But uh, Joel made a prophecy that one day, uh, whoever called upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Again, that's another entire lesson. But uh, again, those who are familiar with the Bible, we know in the Old Testament, no one ever went to somebody's door and uh, said, will you receive Jesus as your Savior? It didn't happen that way in the Old Testament. <clears throat> no one had a question track with the gospel in it. <clears throat> no one said the sinner's prayer, even as we would say it, in the Old Testament. Uh, <clears throat> The blood was there, Jesus was there, Jesus was in every page, every, every sentence in the Old Testament. But the, uh, one day the Savior would come, it's what the Old Testament is about. The Savior is going to come, the Messiah is going to come, he's going to shed his blood. And then Jews and Gentiles, anybody who trusts in him can be saved. That's what Joel was prophesying and promising. So Peter is... Uh, quoting the book of Job, quoting the Old Testament. And we'll see those principles uh, in, in another lesson. So Peter is telling that the promise is that anyone can be saved. And hallelujah for that. That's why I'm standing here. Anyone can be saved. Again, there's those who, who <clears throat> just get so away from God, they will not be saved. But thank God that anyone can be saved. That's why I don't... 
feel bad about talking to the worst sinner in town. That's why I'm not going to be intimidated by talking to the worst sinner in town. And some of you have heard my illustration that usually when I talk to the worst sinner in town, I tell them, you know, you'd make a good Christian because there's people like you who I know who made the best Christians. <laughs> uh, I tell atheists, you'd make a great Christian. Uh, drug addicts, you'd make a great Christian because I know atheists or ex-atheists are great Christians. I know drug addicts are great, who ex-drug addicts are great Christians. I know Mike Robinettes that may not be a great Christian, but I know that there's hope for anybody, and Jesus will save anybody, and anybody who calls upon him shall be saved. Great, a great truth that we need to understand from the Bible. And if you're taking notes, we won't turn here, but write down Acts chapter 15, verse 15 and 34 and 35. Peter's preaching this sermon and way down in Peter's heart, he really didn't even believe what he was preaching. Because in Acts chapter 15, God had to show Peter that anybody can be saved. Remember the story there? God gave Peter a vision, unclean and, and clean food. And Peter said, I can never touch anything clean, unclean. And God said, don't call unclean what I've called clean. And then God uh, showed Peter, <coughs> Peter preached and Gentiles got saved. And so even as Peter is preaching, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, he's still thinking it's just for Jews only. And then God had to teach Peter the fulfillment of this, that anybody can be saved. And Gentiles can be saved. Jews can be saved. Bad people can be saved. Good people can be saved. Religious people can be saved. Baptists can get saved. Everybody needs to be saved. Amen for saving the Baptists. Yes. We need more saved Baptists. <laughs> and the last bullet on this, a streetwise soul winner will follow Peter's example. Again, what a great example here. And uh, if you get to talk to somebody, a neighbor, a friend, a family member, or you go out soul winning, uh, uh, do what Peter did. Did you know that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? And then explain to them what that means. Uh, you know that anybody who asks Jesus to save them, he'll do it. And then we can explain to them what that means. And like Peter, we need to make it simple but profound. It's simple, but it's a profound thing that calling upon the name of the Lord, uh, you can be saved. And we'll see what that means in just a moment. So I, I put in my notes... <coughs> When you go soul winning, uh, don't forget to kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yes, every soul winner needs to remember the kiss principle. <laughs> Just keep it simple. You use that in AA. Yes, you use it in everything. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. So <clears throat> we don't have to be theologians and uh, uh, we don't have to discuss all kinds of religions and know about them. We just... Do what Peter did. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All right. Well, I'm going to play a song that uh, is popular in Caleb, if you listen to Caleb. One of my favorites. This is the fifth one on my playlist. I, every time I preached at youth camp, I said, told him what, what line the song was that I played and, or quoted. And this is the fifth one on my playlist. And thank God for this, for this truth that uh, Jesus loved us before we knew he even loved us. And he loves 
All these sinners we're talking about. And he'll save them if they ask him to. That you love me like you say you do I've got years and years of striving When there was nothing left to prove Could it really be this simple? Your kindness changes everything it's like your grace is on a mission To tear down my religion You're all I really need Hallelujah All oh, this time How you love me How you love me How you love me Could it be I'm finally seeing That you're not who I thought you'd be You're not mad and you're not scary And all this shame and guilt I've carried Is why you died for me
All right. One of the wonderful things about being saved is uh, there's a time when we finally get it that how he loved us. How he loved us. He loved me all those years, and I just never gave my life to him. But thank God when we do that, that love becomes a reality. Jesus loves everyone. That's why whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay, number two point, Peter immediately shifted the focus on Jesus. He just didn't stay there because just saying whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord's really not going to save anybody because it's still vague. They still need to know what they need to call upon the name of the Lord for. They still need to know who this Lord is. And so Peter said that, got their attention, he said the main truth, and now he's going to share the gospel with them and get them to call upon the name of the Lord. So he shifted the focus on, on Jesus. That's what, that's what we do when we're trying to win somebody the Lord. We shift the focus on Jesus. This week I've had so many questions, good questions, legitimate questions, but how do you witness to a Muslim? What do you say to a Hindu? What do you say to an atheist? <coughs> You focus on Jesus. <laughs> you do the same. You focus on Jesus. And you keep talking about Jesus. And, uh, and when it shifts, come back to Jesus. When you answer the question, come back to Jesus. In the middle of the debate, come back to Jesus. Because that's the answer. That's what they need uh, is Jesus. Our theology is not going to do it. Uh, our uh, statement of faith Statements aren't going to do it, but Jesus will do it. Jesus will, will get the job done. By the way, that is our theology. And verse number 22, Peter said that Jesus was approved by God. He was approved by God, and the miracles that he did proved that he was God. Here's Jews who've come together on the day of Pentecost. And there's so many side principles here that time would not permit to mention them, but uh, the, these 120 disciples in the upper room, they didn't know exactly what was going on. They didn't even orchestrate this. They didn't even plan it. They were having a prayer meeting, and God sent thousands of Jews <laughs> to the town so they could witness to them. God orchestrated this. And so <clears throat> a, a wise church will take advantage of big crowds <laughs> to go share the gospel. <laughs> Uh, that's why we go to the Grape Fest. That's why we have Freedom Fest. That's why we go where people are. Uh, and so a soul winner will go where people are. Go where the crowds are. <clears throat> go where people are walking down the streets. Go to Mumbai, 20 million people in one city. Uh, go where people are and, and share the gospel. That's, a, that's another great principle. But uh, the next bullet there, this is a great way to witness to Hindus and Muslims. If you want to know how to witness to Hindus and Muslims. And when I go to a Hindu village in India where most people have never heard the gospel, many of them never even heard about Jesus, and one of the things I do is I use this principle. I, and I start talking about the love of God. There's one God. God loves everybody. Then I bring it down to God made a, a way for us to go to heaven. Uh, because we're all sinners, religion can't save us, our goodness can't save us, so God did something to save us. He came from heaven himself. That's who Jesus was, God from heaven. And the reason why we know Jesus was God 
is because no one ever touched blind eyes and healed them. No one ever touched lepers, and they can understand that in India because they wouldn't dare touch a leper. No one touched lepers and healed them. No one raised the people from the, from the grave. Uh, Jesus did that. And so that's what Peter's saying. Peter's saying, this Jesus that you denied, God approved him, and God proved that he was God. Jesus, by the miracles that he did. And Jesus said in John 14, 7 through 11 himself, Jesus said, if you don't believe me with, because I'm telling you I'm God, believe me for the miracles that you see me done. All these disciples had seen the miracles that Jesus did. And so Jesus said, if you aren't going to believe my words, believe what I've done. And so these miracles that Jesus did proved that he was God. Again, a great way to witness to people. A great way to share the gospel with, with uh, Eastern religions and people who don't believe in Jesus. That's what, that's what Peter's doing here. And then uh, Peter preached it plain. That's what street so winning is, just telling it plain. Telling it plain. He preached it plain. He said in verse 23, By your wicked hands you nailed him to the cross. And uh, uh, when I'm talking to the person that this would apply to, I remind them that it's, it's our wickedness that nailed Jesus to the cross. I led a young man to the Lord Friday, and, I, and uh, uh, he was having a hard time getting serious about what I was talking to him about. And so finally I said, it was your sin that nailed Jesus to the cross. That's why this is a serious matter. You're going to stand before a holy God, and God's going to say, your sin nailed my son to the cross. And so that's what Peter did. He said, he said You're, you by your wicked hands nailed Jesus to the cross. Well, the average uh, Christian, the average preacher, the average, wouldn't say soul winner because the soul winner knows better, but the average Christian would say, you can't say that. <laughs> You'll lose your audience. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. Those three thousand, they'll just walk away. They won't listen to you. You'll offend them if you say that. Well, I'm sure some of them walked away, but thank God 3,000 of them stayed. <laughs> thank God 3,000 of them stayed and heard the message. By the way, it's, it's better to have 1,000 walk away and one stay to get saved because we preach the truth. So let's don't ever compromise. Let's preach the truth. Tell it like it is. So there's some people you just got to tell it like it is. I start a conversation with people, and <clears throat> I, I'm nice. Uh, I smile. I do all those things. But uh, when they, when they <clears throat> get obnoxious, I just preach to them. When they act like they're too cool for Sunday school, then it's time to preach to them. When they mock the Bible or mock God or have a smirk on their face, <laughs> it was just... Time to preach, not in a mean way, but just tell them like it is. That's what Peter did. I put in my notes here, <clears throat> this is what you say to hard hearts and hard heads. <laughs> you, just, you, pray, you preach it plain. People who have hard hearts need to preach plain to them. <laughs> Hard-hearted people aren't going to take it unless it's plain. And so <clears throat> the bad dude needs to, hear, <laughs> needs to hear the bad news. You're going to go to hell if you don't receive Christ. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, thank Amen. you, Tony. So we just need straightforward preaching. That's what Peter did. He just told, it, told him like it was. Then thirdly, 
Peter preached the glorious gospel. Notice he started with that promise, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he went from there to the gospel. And again, I've done that so many times this week. I said, here's the prayer I prayed when I was 24. And I showed them the sinner's prayer. And then I go through the whole track and, and show them why I prayed that prayer. That's what, that's what Peter's doing. He preached the glorious gospel. He preached the crucifixion and the death of Jesus. He said the death could not hold him. You nailed him to the cross. That's the crucifixion. And then he said he, he, he died. Uh, he was buried. But thank God, Peter said, death could not hold him because he never sinned. He was the holy son of God. So, again, keep in mind these are Jews who denied Jesus, who knelt him to the cross, who were there and said, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And now, uh, 50 days later, day of Pentecost, they're saying, they're hearing the gospel, and Peter's telling them, that person you denied was really God. <laughs> that person you denied was really your Messiah. That person you nailed to the cross was the Holy Son of God. Uh, he was he was crucified, he was buried, but death could not keep him because he was the sinless son of God. And so he preached the burial, and the next third bullet, he preached the resurrection of Jesus. He quoted David, where Jesus is speaking in the first person of the psalm, that God would not leave his soul in hell. So Jesus did not stay in the grave, he rose from the grave, just like the Bible said. Again, these are Pharisees, they knew the scriptures that uh, Jesus, that uh, Peter was quoting in, in the book of Psalms. These religious people had come. They understood that. They got the message, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. And I got another note in my notes. Don't leave any of it out. <laughs> uh, uh, this is the message that saves. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, I declared unto you the gospel. Now that Christ died according to the scriptures, was buried according to the scriptures, and rose again according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. So when we're witnessing somebody, trying to win somebody to the Lord, we don't leave any of it out. We tell, we tell the whole story, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen. This is the message that says, Paul said in Romans 1.16, I... <clears throat> I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. So this is the message. Again, we stay on the message because uh, our words don't have power. The gospel has power. The gospel is what uh, draws people to Jesus. So uh, if you were out sowing with me, <coughs> you'd probably think, of oh, Pastor Mike, he just knows exactly what to say. No, I stumble. I make a fool out of myself. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm uh, um, saying things that I'm wondering if I'm saying the right thing. But I, I know if I'm preaching the gospel to them, that's what's going to get the job done. And God's going to do the work. Amen. Not me, not you. Okay, then in view of plain preaching, a decision must be made. In view of plain preaching, a decision must be made. <clears throat> And verse 36, Peter said, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And the first decision has to be made, Jesus is Lord. 
Romans 10:9, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that he is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So when someone gets saved, the decision has to be made. Jesus is Lord. He is who he said he was. He is God in the flesh. He is Lord. So Peter told him to make that decision. Then the next decision he told him to make was one must repent and do God's will. Our charismatic and apostolic friends get all hung up on this verse. But uh, they, they asked Peter, after Peter preached to them, they said, well, what must we do? Like the Mormons I told you about last week that I kept telling you, be born again, born again. And finally they said, okay, how do you be born again? So Peter preached this sermon, and then they said, okay, what do we do? We believe it. We accept it. What do we do? And Peter told them, repent and be baptized, every one of you. So our, our apostolic friends, uh, the Christian Life Center friends, they would say that, you gotta, that baptism is part of that, but Notice 3, chapter 3, verse 19. We've got to show this before we close or so that we can get the whole picture here. This is the same, same person telling the same thing. In verse number 19, he said, Repent ye therefore, and be converted that your sins be blotted out. No mention of baptism. So the reason why Peter said, Repent and be baptized, because the question was, what should we do? Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. <laughs> so when a person gets saved, they're to be baptized. Amen. They're not to be baptized as a baby before they get saved. Uh, they're to be baptized after they get saved, picturing the death, burial, and resurrection. So uh, it was like Peter was saying, what, what do you do? If someone said, what do I do? I'd say, well, you get saved, you get baptized, you start reading the Bible, you go to church, and, and just, there's a whole lot of things you must do. But the point is, Peter said them to repent, repent. All right, well, thanks for coming today. And in conclusion, uh, uh, draw the net, draw the net. Peter didn't just stop. He didn't just say, okay, that was a nice little soul winning presentation I gave you. He said, repent, uh, do something about it. So every wise soul winner draws the net. Thank you, John, for letting me talk to you. Uh, I'm going to pray that prayer I just told you about, and you can pray, you can ask God to forgive your sins and come in your heart and save you. Draw the net. And thank God that 3,000 people responded to Peter's preaching. What a merciful God. What a powerful gospel that we have. Appreciate the, the other class coming in and joining us, so I'm going to ask Brother Jesse to dismiss us in prayer and ask the Lord to bless what we've talked about today. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, Thank you for joining us.